Hey everybody and welcome back to the Morning Moxie show. I'm Alicia Sharp, your host, and today on the show we have John Bevere again. And he's talking to us about our wilderness seasons. Because all of us have seasons where we are in the wilderness. And then he brings out Joseph's story and how, you know, God had given Joseph this dream, but it took all of these years for this dream to come to pass. And in the meantime, you know, Joseph Joseph was faithful, but if he hadn't have gone through what he went through, he would never have been prepared to be the leader that God had called him to be. And we don't always see that when we're waiting for these promises to come to pass. I know for me, I've had many promises um, and dreams that have been given to me, and I wouldn't be ready for them if it weren't for these wilderness seasons, if it weren't for these testing seasons and these trying seasons. But a lot of times, you know, we... We wouldn't ever go for that dream if if we knew that we would have to go through the wilderness season. And so John Bevere is talking to us about that, and it's very encouraging. Here he is. When Joseph, you know, he, he, well, let me say this. God, when he, he, he does this with every child, there's a three-step pathway to our destiny. First of all, he'll make us a promise, mm-hmm. okay? He does it with every child. He'll give you glimpses of where you're going, right? I have, I have a file folder in my desk of things God showed me in 1981 that I didn't start fulfilling until I was in my 50s. Yeah. Okay? So he'll make promises. And if you're thinking out there, well, that hasn't happened with me, I'm going to challenge you. And please understand, I'm saying this out of a deep, deep love for you. The Bible says that God rewards those who diligently seek him in faith. The Bible does not say that God will reward those who casually seek him in wonder and doubt. Right. Okay. Yeah. So I'm, I'm young. I'm in college. I literally, this is going to seem stupid, but it, I believe it was smart. I walked <laughs> off the tennis team at Purdue University as a starter because I had no time for God. Mm. Because the studies were engineering and they were too difficult. So I've never regretted that decision. Not once. Okay. But what I did is I'm out you know, near my fraternity on the golf course at night, praying, crying out to God, and God's giving me glimpses. Once that happens, he gives you a promise. Then comes the process. The process is the wilderness, okay? This is where he develops in you the character to handle the promise. Wow. And then the third step is the promotion, which is the promise fulfilled. If you look at Joseph when he shows up in the Bible, we, we, you know, he is one of, he is my favorite. He and Daniel are my two favorites in the Old Testament. Just, I love them. And I'll tell you why, as I walk through this, if, when you look at Joseph, when he shows up in the scene, the second verse, it says, he told his dad some bad things his brothers were doing. So he's a tattletale. Yep. All right. Verse eight, verse eight, he is bragging about, he's got the robe of many colors. So he's proud, right? And the, verse 8 in the New Living says it so well that he's speaking down to his brothers. Yeah. So we got a tattletale, a boaster, and somebody, and he's bragging about his dreams, and he's talking down to people. If God would have fulfilled the vision of that leadership at that time, yeah. we would have had a very narcissistic, had, yeah. insecure leader. Mm-hmm. See, Saul never went through a wilderness. David, David did. did. Yeah. Saul did not finish well. He had this humility that looked like it was real, but it wasn't. I mean, he's hiding in the equipment when they, he's called. His name is called. But if you look at his first major victory, he built a monument to himself. So his, his humility was completely... <laughs> Off the radar. It was, it was superficial. Yeah. It wasn't genuine humility. Um, so, and, and, and I think it's really funny. If you look at Moses, he goes through a 40-year wilderness, 
And yet he writes in Numbers 12, Moses was the most humble man in the whole earth. I mean, who writes there that, that they are the most humble man in the whole earth? Somebody who's truly humble because he understands what true humility is. His complete, utter dependence on God yeah. and his passionate love for other people. But here goes Joseph, and we all know Joseph's story, so I'm not going to take time on this. Sold as a slave, thrown in a pit, which pit stands for preachers in training. I'm sure you've heard that on TV. <laughs> <and a few laughs> times. Then he sold as a slave for 10 years. Now, what we don't understand in the Western world is back then when you're sold as a slave to a foreign nation, you're going to be a slave the rest of your life. Your wife's going to be a slave. Your children are going to be slaves. Now, it's one thing to be born a slave. It's a completely, totally different scenario. When you've been born the heir of a very wealthy man, and you're the favorite son, and you have it all stripped away from you by your brothers, and now you're in slavery for 10 years. Okay, so let's, let's think. 10 years ago. That's a long time ago, right? All right, so he's, God's always blessing you no matter where you are. He's doing all right, but something very bad is happening, the master's wife, because he's in one of the king's officer's home as a slave. His wife gets the hots for him, and she doesn't approach him once. She approaches him every day. Okay, now think about it. This woman's dressed in the best. She's scented in the best, and she's got a seducing spirit probably up to her eyeballs, right? right? She doesn't approach him just once. She approaches him every day, and I love how he obeys the word of God. He goes, no, no, he resists it every day. Now, the thing we got to remember is he doesn't have a connect group. He doesn't have a pastor. Right. Nobody knows who he is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yet he's still obeying God. But now we're looking at 10 years where not one ounce of the vision that God's given him has come to pass, yet he's still obeying God. This is what people do when they go into a desert time. Yeah. They, go, I'm, they, they get passive aggressive and they say, I'm going to take it out on God by not obeying you. Mm -hmm. Now, none of us would ever say that, but this is what, the way people think deep down. It's almost like I'm going to get a little revenge because, God, you're not moving the way I think you should be moving in my life. Okay? But he doesn't do this. He obeys. And I love what Paul says to the Philippian church. He says in Philippians 2.12, as you have obeyed in my presence, even now much more obey in my absence and work out your salvation with fear and trembling. I love that. So Joseph fears God, which means, you know, that, that's not Paul speaking to the Philippians. That's God speaking to us. It's easy to obey God when we're in the conference, the anointing's there, somebody's worshiping, we got tears pouring down our face, but what about when you've been gossiped at work and you are losing your job or your kid is throwing up at midnight, that's when the rubber meets the road. And what Paul's saying is, you have done so well, and this is actually God saying, you have obeyed even in my absence, in the absence of my presence. Joseph's in Egypt, no church, no fellowship, no Bible, and yet he's obeying God. He's He's resisting, right? So then she grabs him by the road. One day, they're in the house alone. You know, she's probably working it up. She's got a little breast showing. She's probably got a leg out one side of the slit of her outfit. And she comes up and goes, nobody's going to know. Nobody is going to know. Come on. I'm all yours. My husband's away. And I love what this man does. He flees sexual immorality. He does exactly what the word of God says. What does it end up getting him? It gets him the dungeon. Now, in America, our prisons are country clubs compared to a Middle Eastern dungeon. Right. I just preached in the largest prison in the United States six months ago. Okay? It's called Angola. It's in Louisiana. It's unbelievable. Yeah. So I've been in Middle Eastern dungeons. They're usually hewned out cisterns. They're about, they're about four feet tall. And the Bible says they laid his feet in irons and hurt his feet with fetters. Right? They're four feet tall, no sun. It's usually damp because it used to be a cistern, okay? He's chained. This is, this is no 
there, there's no television. There's, yeah. there's, there, there's no basketball courts. He's in the ground. And they would give them the bread of affliction, which is this. They don't want him to die because dying's too easy. So they give him just enough bread and water to keep them alive because they want him to suffer. So he's in this dungeon, and then God brings the greatest test to Joseph. Now, what's the greatest test? And, and by the way, everybody's so down on tests. Why? Because of our midterms and our finals. Test is actually a good thing. I flew over the ocean three nights ago, okay? I am so glad the pilot passed the test yeah. because he and I <laughs> didn't end up in the ocean. Yeah. God said, Israel, I brought you out in this wilderness so you could find out what was in your heart. So anyway, that's another story. <laughs> so God brings the greatest test to Joseph. What is it? He brings two men, the butler and the baker. We all know that, right? Right? They just had dreams last night. What's the test? Can Joseph proclaim to them the faithfulness of God? In a dream. <laughs> in prison. When he hasn't yeah. seen yeah. one ounce of faithfulness of God in his life in regard to his dream in over 10 years. Yeah. Think about it. God says, your brother's going to serve you. You're going to be a leader. Your brothers will serve you. And even your mom and dad will be under your leadership. And he doesn't see one ounce of it come to pass. On top of that, he just preaches the dream. It gets him the pit and slavery. He resists and obeys God and flees sexual immorality, and it gets him the dungeon. So the more he's obeying God in the wilderness, the worse his life becomes. Wow. Now, can he proclaim to the butler and the baker the faithfulness of God when he hasn't seen one shred of evidence in, it in his own life for 10 years? Mm. If Joseph would have been like a lot of us, you know what he would have said? You had a dream last night? Yeah. Leave me alone. I had a dream once. Dreams don't come true. Wow. Leave me alone. Wow. Now, if he would have done that, he would have died in that dungeon, and you would have died saying, God's not faithful. He doesn't keep his promises. Wow. When in reality, God is faithful, and God was using all of this to prepare Joseph to have the character to handle because we see he interprets the dreams. This guy obeys God when nothing is going right. And, and so the guy gets promoted, and he forgets about him. Now he's in there for two more years. Think about being in that condition Bread of affliction, chains in a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a dungeon for two more years. Seeing other people's dreams come true. Knowing yes. that yeah. his family's yeah. all having... Oh, they forgot about life. him. Yeah. yeah. So now, one day, we all know, Pharaoh has a dream. The butler goes, oh my gosh, I forgot all about the guy in the dungeon. He gets promoted to number two in all of Egypt, and really number two in the world, because Egypt's the most powerful nation. Yeah. So then we've got seven years of plenty, and now we have two more years of famine. So we're talking 19 years. And finally, here comes the brothers. So we, we can see that the dream that God gave him, it took 19 years. And it said, Joseph remembered. And that word remember doesn't go, oh, I just remembered. That word remembered means he kept it before him the whole way. And that's what kept him obeying God the whole way. Wow. So now, if he would have been in the dungeon saying, if I ever get a hold of these guys, I'll kill them. Mm -hmm. God would have had to leave him in the dungeon to rot too. <laughs> Why? Because he would have killed 10 of the 12 tribes of Israel, including Judah, whom Jesus and David came through. Wow. Right? But he blesses them, yeah. and he gives one of them five times. So Joseph now has the character to handle this position of leadership. So whenever God is doing something in you, you have to say to yourself, wow, he's going to entrust me with the ability to impact other people's lives in a profound way that I could never do, and he's preparing me for the character to have it. I love it. And that's the way we need to view the wilderness. Yeah. That was John Bevere, and you can find it on YouTube if you search under John Bevere, Having Victory in Your Wilderness Season, Praise on TBN. You can also find out more information at his and his wife Lisa's website, messengerinternational.org. Again, go check them out. They have all kinds of great courses and things to help 
build your faith, and grow you spiritually in Jesus. Have a great day, and remember to go live your 320 life. God bless.